You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Welcome, everybody, to another QB Power Hour. We are very glad to have you joining us today for seven tips for your practice in 2020. You know, a lot of us set uh, New Year's resolutions and goals for our personal life. We're going to talk about some goals and things for your business profession um, and tips to help you with your practice this year. So I'm glad, very glad to have you joining us. My name is Michelle Long. I am a CPA with an MBA in entrepreneurship, the owner of Long for Success, and very thrilled to have you all joining us. Uh, we've got several different books out on Amazon. If you want to check those out, those are available. Um, and also join us on the Facebook group. That's a very active group. We'd love to have you joining us there. And I'm not going to take very much time because I know Dan has some great things to share today. Dan, yeah. you want to introduce yourself and go ahead? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if uh, if you're actually sharing the presentation. I'm not sure uh, if I can see it. Ah, uh, thank you, Dan. I'm just looking around. <laughs> I am out of practice. There we go. Sorry about that. Thank you. There we are. Hey, well, at least it shows up on me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well, my, my name is Dan DeLong, and I'm the owner of Danwith, uh, where we transform businesses through technology. So this is a great fit for that. Um, I am a former Intuit and tech support uh, technical trainer. I worked at Intuit for about 18 years, and I'm glad that I wasn't working there yesterday. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about the elephant in the room. Uh, yesterday, yeah, there was a little bit of an outage. Um, and that's uh, putting it lightly, right? I mean, I tried to log in several times. Now I feel your pain uh, as I'm trying to do my work uh, in, in QuickBooks Online and it's down. And um, I, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, that kind of experience um, from, from my perspective of being on the, on the other end of the phone, like when you call in and, uh, and, and it's down. And, and I felt... You know, when that sort of thing happened, uh, it was just I, I, I felt the pain because I was helpless uh, in order to, to help people um, because it, it's down. You know, when 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 QBO goes down and, and and I can tell you that that is not one of the things that that Intuit strives to do. <laughs> um, you know, there is a lot of moving parts. And it's and unfortunately, it's not as simple as just turning it off and on again like you can your computer. I mean, you you think about that. I mean, I, I always said that, uh, you know, restarting Windows is a lesson in patience, you know, because <laughs> it takes a while for, you know, QuickBooks to or uh, your, your, your computer just to restart after it's been locked up or, or whatever happens. And, and that's what these things are. They're, they're, they're computer systems and they're all. Some, somehow relying on each other, and when when things do go wrong, which they are, they they sometimes do. Um, there's a lot of redundancy checks. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, the people on the other end of the phone when you call in or you know, chatting with, uh, unfortunately, they're they're as uh, as outside of the loop as 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 you are. <laughs> um, you know, and and Intuit has been really great about you know, creating like a status page and things like that. But again, those things are relative on being told what they're, what, what they're being told. So, um, you know, th those, those things we, 
you know, Intuit hates for them to happen. It's an embarrassment when they do happen because everybody knows about it because nobody can get in. I mean, there's what millions of subscribers. Um, and when they go down and I think I saw on Facebook, there was like a heat map of where, where those things happened. And, uh, it almost looked like Australia's fire grid, you know, <laughs> the things that were happening with Australia. I mean, there was just a lot of things that were, that were out and down. And I, I felt, I felt horrible for, for everyone that was, that was going on there. So just wanted to kind of give my, my perspective of, you know, being on both sides of the fence, uh, with, with that, that sort of thing. So it, it, um, uh, it, it's great to have more things to do, <laughs> um, you know, not have all your eggs in one basket. If, uh, if, if you can just quickly pivot when those things go out, take a walk around the block or something, <laughs> sometimes they'll just come right back up. But, um, you, you it, know, the only good thing is this isn't a regular occurrence. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, it doesn't happen very, very often. Like I can hardly remember the last time that we had an outage more than like a minute or two or a couple minutes or anything. So thankfully yeah. it doesn't happen very often, but, you, but you're right. It's painful for everyone involved in, in including into it and all those customer service reps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. It, it used to be a lot worse. <laughs> um, and uh, and the, the 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 sequence or the the processes that were in place to to keep people informed were, you know, even even worse as far as, um, you know, signing up for for updates and things like that when things went went down like that. But yeah, it's it's a lot better, but uh, it, it's still painful when it happens <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and. Um... Jenny said, seems like the last one was last January, LOL. And that could be because, you know, you know what our, our clients and people are like, you know, come January and everybody wants to do the new thing and they're going to start fresh. And so if you have this sudden influx of capacity um, and, you know, they try to plan for it, but it's, it's hard, you know. So, I mean, on the one hand, maybe that's a good thing that they've got so many more people coming to QuickBooks because we know what happens when our clients get on QuickBooks and they start using it, right? They mess it up <laughs> and then they come to us for help to fix it or help to train them or get them set up or whatever. They, and so it's really a great opportunity for us when, when Intuit has lots of new QuickBooks customers because then that in turn is new clients for us or potential new clients. And we got some tips today to help you to get some of these new clients. So first of all, let's talk a little bit about the details about our QB Power Hour webinars. We're very glad to have you joining us today. We do have this every other Tuesday. The next one is going to be on the 21st. We're going to talk about automating your workflows with Receipt Bank. Then on February 4th, we're going to talk about what's new in QBOA with Intuit. Dan, what, what about that payroll um, webinar with Intuit? Have we rescheduled that or are we still working on that? No, we had that um, early part of December, so it's it's uh, it it happened. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. So we've got the recordings, and mm -hmm. and here you can see we've got our PDFs, uh, the slides, the recordings, and the podcast. On this PDF, I know it says 2019 here on this link. That will take you into the folder, and in the folder there are two two folders, one for 2019 and one for 2020. So the link still works, even though it says 2019. Um, I'll update that for the next one. Um, so these little things catch us as we're going into the new year, right? Yeah, we're, uh, we're in the month of Checkuary, which is the, <laughs> the, the period of time when you're putting in the wrong date. Uh, yes. <laughs> after the year, new year. <laughs> Yes. 
And actually, speaking of putting in the wrong date, so we're talking about tips for your practice today. This is a tip for your practice and your personal life. Um, I've been told that whenever you're signing things this year, don't just put like 1 slash 7 slash 20 because then people could put in there like 2019 or 2018 or so they want you to write the full four digits 2020 so that nobody can alter the date of those documents so whenever you're signing and dating things just be aware of that and use the four digit date for the year so that people can't modify that um, but yeah there's the links to the recordings and the podcast things like that so we do have this every other Tuesday um, as a reminder also I want to remind you there is a VCon a virtual conference coming up uh, there's one next week January 15th and 16th sometime next week <laughs> there is a, a um, VCon virtual conference love to have you join us for that you can find out about it and other training at qbtrainingevents.com that's a great website to keep track of there so you can follow that there when you get into qbtrainingevents.com you'll find three different sections the webinars that they have ongoing every month in-person training we're not doing any live training events right now that will start up again probably after tax season uh, May in June maybe a little July but the virtual conference we do have next week like I mentioned um, so you can find that there and um, sign up for some of that stuff so here's what we're going to be talking about today we're going to talk about increasing your rates uh, beefing up your ProAdvisor profile cultivating referrals standardizing and automate automating the workflows continuous learning goals and what is your focus word and this is a great one you know we set goals for our personal life we need to set some goals for our business as well and then content plan so a lot of different uh, topics that we're going to be covering today so let's first talk about increasing your rates and before we do this I have a poll question for you and I'm gonna go ahead and launch this when is the last time you increased your rates when is the last time you increased your rates and this is one of those things where you know we're going to be talking about this a lot of people are hesitant to increase their rates you're afraid you might lose some clients or something and that is totally the wrong approach to take um, so we're going to talk about this because it's really important on increasing those rates so when is the last time you increased your rates and as you answer this poll question I want to remind you that this is not eligible for CPE these polls are just for our informational purposes only and to share with you all um, how you're doing because one of the things that I have found is that a lot of us when it comes to rates and pricing we may not be increasing them as much as we should be so answer that poll question I'll give you a few more seconds if you want to answer the poll question please click to answer it and I'm gonna go ahead and close it in three two one and close and I want to share it with you now this is pretty good 45% of you so almost half of you have raised your rates within the last year that's awesome 31% of you within the last couple of years, 10% can't remember, and 5% said never. So some of us need to work on this. And some people, it's NA, they can't change the rates. And I know that's one of the things that I think I needed to work on as well, is raising my rates on a regular basis. So I want you to see here, first of all, we should be increasing your rates every single year. Every year when you're working, you have more experience hopefully you've been learning throughout the year as you've been working with clients you have more experience more continuous learning from webinars like this or other webinars or other training events 
that you've gone to, you are more valuable to your clients every single year. So you should raise your rates every year, even if it's a small percentage, maybe it's only 3% or 5%. That way you don't get behind and have your billing rates too low. And I think a lot of us, our billing rates are too low. If you look at this image over here on the right side where it says average rates and pop population density, average billing rates range from $74 an hour to $101 an hour. And some of this is even kind of low. But my guess is a lot of you might be below average. And you might be saying, oh, well, it's because of my... Um, I don't, I'm not a CPA, I'm a bookkeeper, it's, or it's because I'm in a rural area as opposed to an urban area. We make excuses for why our billing rates are lower than they should be, but the reality is um, we need to get those billing rates up. We cannot compete on price. And I know, you know, when I first started my practice, I had a yabbit problem. Do you guys have a yabbit problem? I would say, yeah, but... You know, so, yeah, but I can't charge that much because I'm just getting started. Yeah, but I'm working from home, so I can't charge that much. Yeah, but I need clients, so I can't charge that much. So I would make excuses on why I couldn't charge that much. And the reality is we cannot compete on price alone. And if you are too low, that actually sends the wrong impression to clients. Because if you're not in the ballpark, they're going to wonder what's wrong. Why are you so so much lower than everybody else? It's actually a negative impression. So you've got to get those billing rates where they want they where they should be. Um, and I mean, think about this: electricians and plumbers, things like that. They charge, you know, seventy five, eighty five, ninety. Um, an hour, uh, you know, I mean, that's not uncommon. We should be charging every bit as much as plumbers and electricians because our work is very valuable as well. Um, and I think we should be charging more. So one of the things I want to point out to you is you see this link in the bottom left corner on the average 2018 average billing rate set study or survey. If you go to that survey there, you're going to find all kinds of results. And you can compare the average billing rate based on your designation. Are you a CPA? Are you an accountant? Are you a certified bookkeeper? Are you an EA? Um, are you a, a regular bookkeeper? Are you? We're going to talk in a minute about the pro advisors and certified pro advisor and advanced certified. You can go in and look at your rates in all kinds of different ways and different types of, of designations and different breakdowns. Um, and so it gives you an idea to see, are you in the ballpark or not? Or not? Yeah, one um, of the, um, one of the yeah, things that I, I think is um, really, really a, a neat way to, to kind of price yourself is based on the value that you give the client. You know, somebody put in here, you know, it's your, sometimes your rates are based on the client's ability. Um, you know, if you can tie your rate to maybe like a base rate and then some kind of a performance rate where you have, you know, the value that you bring your client, like if you can find them significant amount of savings and that then increases their net income and you tie your, your you basically give yourself a raise, you know, by, by being more proficient. Now, you can't do that all the time because sometimes you get into a mess of things, you know, <laughs> and just spend the next few months, you know, trying to, you know, dig your dig you yourself and the client out of the the mess that they did make in inside their QuickBooks. But you know, once you have a, a regular uh, a routine of of you know you're chugging along in inside of uh, inside of their QuickBooks and you've you've got some automation, you know, as we're going to talk about later. Um, you know, and you're you're more efficient, then 
they're more efficient and you can find ways to advise them and uh, you know increase the bottom line and then give yourself a raise so you have a and and that's the way a lot of um, a lot of businesses are paying their people you know give them a base rate and then there's some kind of a variable compensation to that so you know t maybe tying that to to your rates that way you don't have to have that tough com com uh, conversation like okay well it's time to raise our rates when then they have the well why <laughs> well yeah. now you can you can explain that it's like well if it's already tied to you know a, a, a percentage of growth or uh, you know percentage of uh, decreasing expenses um, you know then then you're already having that as part of your your scope of work to begin with yeah, and, and that's an interesting idea. And one of the things, too, and we could talk on pricing for this whole hour. I wish we could, but we can't. <laughs> one of the other things is adding value to our services. Um, and because we do bring a lot of value to our clients. And, and the reality is, and somebody pointed this out in here, plumbers and, and electricians are not a monthly expense. So it's different as opposed to us. It is different. We we do, instead of focusing on an hourly rate, we need to focus on the value that we're giving our clients and what we're providing them. And if you think of it this way, when a lawyer fixes your, your um, speeding ticket for you so you don't get any points or something, you might pay him 350 to $500. It takes him 10 minutes to do it. But there's that value in his education, his going to, going to college, going to law school, passing the bar exam, continuing education throughout his career. You know, he's very valuable in doing what he does. And he's not basing it on the time that it took to do it, but he's basing it on the value that he brings. And so we need to focus on the value that we bring to our clients and add value to our clients, like Dan was mentioning, through, you know, talking to them about the results, their P&L, their gross profit margin, how can we improve things, how can you improve your liquidity, and, and all of those kind of things. But the big thing I think that if you could get one thing out of this few minutes that we have to talk about pricing. We do need to do a whole hour on this, Dan. <laughs> but the one thing to remember is be competitive with your rates. You don't want to be the cheapest kid on the block um, because that's not good. You want to be competitive. You want to increase those rates on a regular basis so your clients get used to it. And when we look at increasing rates, this image here in the middle, rate changes since 2016. So in a two-year period, Tax rates went up 19% on average. Counting and bookkeeping went up 16% on average. Um, so from 12 to almost 20%, people are raising their rates over a two-year period, you know, 5 6% a year. So we need to get doing that up to 10% a year there so that our clients get used to it and we don't fall behind on those billing rates. So make sure you are increasing those rates every year so your clients get used to it. And if you're worried about losing a client, if a client is going to leave you over a small price increase, they're not a loyal client anyway, and you were going to lose them anyway as soon as somebody cheaper came along. That's not the kind of clients that we want to have. That's the clients that don't value us and over a, a small increase are going to leave. We don't want that. And one of our other trainers, Heather Satterley, I, I think she raised her rates was 20 or 30%, something very high, and she was afraid she's going to like lose all of her clients. And she didn't. She did not lose her clients, and they were like, we wondered when you were going to do that because we knew you weren't charging enough, right? So don't be afraid to ask. increase those prices. Yeah. They're not going to ask to, be, to, get a, the, to pay more. Yeah, exactly. They're not going to say, gosh, can we pay you more? <laughs> not usually. All right. Now, another thing we want to talk about, beef up your ProAdvisor profile. Once you get certified, 
All right, so first of all, there's a link down here at the bottom of this page. You do want to join the ProAdvisor program. It is free for the QuickBooks Online ProAdvisor program. So you can get certified for free, have free training and all that stuff, all for free. you got to get certified to get listed on the Find a ProAdvisor website. Once you're listed out there, you can see up here in the upper right, improve your profile. You want to go through and spend some time filling out that profile and make sure you pay attention to the first 90 characters because those are key. And I actually did a whole one-hour webinar on this about two years ago, I think, on maximizing your ProAdvisor profile. The information is still relevant. So if you want to go to my YouTube channel and check that out, you'll find that out there. Um, we want to beef up that profile, and we want to get certified. So back talking about the prices. If you'll look here under accounting and bookkeeping, the green one is for those of us accounting professionals that are not certified in QuickBooks. The second one, the blue one, so from 56 to 66, a 20% increase in billing rates when you get the core certification. So certified ProAdvisors are charging 20% more. Then the purple line, the advanced certification, 82, that's 46% higher than somebody who's not certified. So a good way to increase your billing rates and increase your value for your clients is getting certified. And the good news is it's free. Um, so we want to get certified. We want to get the advanced certification. All it takes is your time. You can do it from home on your own schedule, and you'll be able to command higher prices, especially with that advanced certification, because you've demonstrated a level of knowledge. Plus, once you're advanced certified, that bumps you up to the higher level on the Find a ProAdvisor website when they're um, searching for a ProAdvisor. So if you're not certified now, Please get certified. I encourage you to do that. You can do that by the end of this week. Then start working on that advanced certification. You could try to get that done. It's going to take a few weeks because it takes more time. It's more of a time commitment. But try to get those things done because, and then definitely increase your rates and it's going to help you with getting referrals, which we'll talk more about later. Another thing that I wanted to point out to you while we were here, notice the billing rates for accounting and bookkeeping compared to QuickBooks troubleshooting or training. The troubleshoot, QuickBooks troubleshooting or QuickBooks consulting and training, these both have higher rates than just accounting and bookkeeping. When you're providing specialized services, you can and should command higher rates. Um, so that's something to keep in mind as well. And I could keep talking about this forever, but I can't. So also yeah, I, remember um, what wanted the to, end, go ahead. I wanted to point out, you were talking about the, the rankings and the listings there. I put in the, the chat, uh, a link to uh, an Intuit article about understanding the the rankings and and how you can um, kind of play not not play the game but but uh, do your best to to get high, listed as high as you could and and one of them is reviews and you're, you're right on the, the, the you're going to talk about that in a second but um, but there's a link there you can read that you know on 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 your own time there. Um, and uh, there's a nice video about, you know, beefing up your, your ProAdvisor profile in there as well. That's great. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And, yeah, we do want to have at least five reviews. There's a magic to having at least five reviews. That's going to help. So how do you get reviews? Ask for them. When your client's like, oh, thank you, I love you, you're so wonderful, you say, would you mind writing that up in a review? 
And the client usually might say, oh, I wouldn't know what to say. Well, how about if I type up what you just said, and then I'll send it to you, and you can review it and, you know, let them edit it or whatever. You help them to post this review. And when they post a review for you on the Finder Pro Advisor site, ask them, can you also use that review or testimonial and have them post it to LinkedIn? Can you use it on your website? All of those things. So getting ranked higher on that Finder Pro Advisor website Reviews help right along with the advanced certification and a number of other things like Dan mentioned and he posted the link and then there's that YouTube video as well. So I don't want to spend too much time on that because the other thing that's real important for us is getting new clients and we need to cultivate referrals. I'm going to go ahead and launch a poll question quickly for you. What is your best source of new clients? And referrals have been forever the best source of new clients for us. And some people might call it word of mouth, but it's referrals. Somebody told somebody else that they should call you. So we might get referrals from our existing clients. You can and should make sure your clients know all the services that you're providing. So existing clients, you need to let all your family and friends know. Other business people like bankers or lawyers or real estate agents, other people who are working with small business owners or working with your types of clients, referrals from your peers. You know, I stopped doing taxes years ago, and I exchanged a lot of referrals with tax professionals, people who like taxes. I'd let them do the taxes. I would do the QuickBooks cleanup and training and things like that. So I exchanged a lot of referrals with my peers. All of these are good sources of new clients for you. All right, so go ahead and finish this poll question quickly. I'm going to go ahead and close it out for you. And um, Tiffany also gets a lot from the ProAdvisor site, and then Richard gets a lot from Google. So that is great. By the way, your ProAdvisor profile can and, and does show up on Google if you make it public. So you do want to do that. I'm going to share the results for you. So 56% of you get referrals from existing clients. 8% family and friends, 20% other business people. Um, so that's great. All right, thank you. So let's talk about these referrals quickly because it is a huge and important part of our business. And here you can see the results from that survey when we asked where do you get your new clients from. Look how many of them were from referrals. You know, for us, paid advertising is not as effective as um, uh, referrals. So for us, referrals are much more effective, and you can see a lot of people have that. So, And here's a quote we have, people influence people. Nothing influences people more than a recommendation from a trusted friend. A trusted referral is the holy grail of advertising. I couldn't agree with this. You know, I don't agree with Mark Zuckerberg on everything <laughs> by no means, no means. But I agree with him on this um, because it is a trusted referral is our our. It's our holy grail of getting new clients. So here's a and good idea. Even, and that even goes back to reviews. You know, when you're talking about reviews being a referral, uh, that yeah. can be a, a great way to, I mean, that's, that's a unique uh, or an independent referral, uh, but it's always out there. Yes. Yeah, it is. And that's where, I mean, and, and that's so true because that's where when we go buy things and it also, I think it kind of all started with eBay where mm -hmm. people were reviewing and, 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 commenting on, on other people and stuff. And we learned, go look at the reviews. What's their rating? What are other people saying about them? And now from eBay, I mean, on Amazon, I know every time I want to buy something, I'm looking at the reviews and the comments right. on it. 
when we're evaluating apps, we go look at the reviews and the comments that other people are writing about. So it's the same thing. Our clients are going to come and look at us and see what other people are reviewing and t testimonials for us. So we do need to work on building a whole referral program. So identify possible referral sources. I mentioned a lot of them while you all were, were doing the poll question. And keep in mind, I've seen some people who would say, um, I'm a bookkeeper, I'm going to send this email out to CPAs in my area telling them that I can help them and, and do some of their bookkeeping for some of their clients, you know, could they outsource it to me? And my, my comment to them is, you know, if I get a letter like that from somebody I don't know, or an email like that from somebody I don't know, or a phone call, I'm not going to pay any attention to it because they have to know you before they're going to give you a referral. People have to know, like, and trust you before they're going to give you a referral. So it takes time to build up referral relationships. So get to know a banker in your town or an attorney or a real estate agent. Meet them for lunch once a month. Or, or, and once you know them and have a relationship with them, then you might back off to you know once a quarter or something. But you have to get to know people, and they need to know, like, and trust you before they're going to send referrals to you. So identify possible referral sources and work on those referral relationships. You might want to provide some referral incentives. I heard about um, somebody during tax season, they said get your, ta they had a promotion and it was get your taxes done for free. For every new tax client, so they actually have to become a client and we do their tax return, for every new client that you refer to us, you get 10% off of your tax return. So if you re refer 10 people, you get your taxes done for free. Now, I think that would be kind of hard to keep track of all that and everything, but they said it was very successful for them. You might just do some things like, you know, gift cards, thank you gift cards, or dinners, or, or things like that. Um, but you might provide referral incentives for people. We need to get the word out. You need to make sure that your clients know you're accepting referrals. I knew this one lady, and she was trying to fake it, but fake it until you make it. She was trying to act like she was so busy when she was first getting started, but then her clients were like, well, you're so busy. I'm not going to send you any referrals because you don't have time for me now. You mean, you know, you're definitely not going to have time for me if you have more clients. And so you don't want to do that. You want to let your clients and your, your family, your friends and, and their referral sources, let everybody know what type of client it is that you're looking for and that you're wanting new referrals. For example, I don't want tax clients. So if somebody sends me a referral for a tax client, I need to say thank you for this referral. However, I don't do taxes, so I pass them along to so-and-so. Okay, so you get the word out about the type of services that you're offering and what is your ideal client. Keep in mind that not all of your leads are created equal, but if somebody gets sends a referral to you, you need to follow up on that because if somebody says, you know, Dan suggested I contact you, that's a warm lead and that's a more valuable lead than just a cold call, if you will, from the Find a Provisor website where they call you up and say, what do you charge? <laughs> you know, um, and if they, that's the first thing that somebody asks me, that's not the right type of client for me. Um, so keep that in mind that if you get a lead from a referral, um, it is a warm lead and it is, it is more valuable and more likely to turn into a client. The other thing that I will tell you too, um, nurture more referrals. Treat your referral sources like gold, I mean, because they are. So you want to follow up with them. And I'll give you a good example of this. 
one time um, I was actually presenting in Colorado and Denver. Somebody came up and they needed some help with inventory. They needed some, or they wanted somebody on site. They wanted somebody local. So it wasn't a client for me. So I referred them to another pro advisor in the Denver area that I knew, and uh, I never heard what happened. I don't know if the pro advisor contacted the client and got the client. Did the pro advisor not follow up with them? I have no idea what happened, but I can tell you this. I won't send that pro advisor any more referrals because she didn't follow up with me. So if you get a referral, follow up with the person that sent the referral to you and say, thank you for the referral. If they're now my client and I really appreciate it, let's go to lunch and it's on me or something. Or follow up and say, thank you for the referral. This client was not right for me because X, Y, Z. So then you're training them on what makes a good referral for you um, and, and so that they know. And they know what happened and they'll see, keep trying to send more referrals to you. So that's real important um, is, is creating this whole referral kind of system here. And Dan, you know, you started your business not that long ago. Yeah. What's your experience been? Do you want to share some thoughts and comments here? Yeah, so it was only like 14, 15 months ago that, that I ventured out on my own and I was terrified because <laughs> I did not know a, the thing, anything about, I mean, I had a, I had a small business when I was working at Intuit, uh, but it was it was a it was a side gig. This this is the only gig, right? <laughs> that I was just uh, so uh, a friend of mine invited me to a BNI group, and it just made so much sense because everything that you just talked about here is all part of the culture of of that organization, um, and and referrals are um, they they are more valuable because and and it unfortunately it takes longer to get a referral because there's a relationship involved. It's not just like, hey, give me a referral, I'll give you a hundred bucks, you know. Right. <laughs> it's not, uh, you know, there's no quid pro quo. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it takes a while to, to build the relationship enough for, for someone to know, like, and trust you enough to, to put their name on the line to, to offer you as, uh, as a potential service provider. Um, now, I had built relationships with anybody calling in for support, <laughs> you know, so my referrals were from peers. Um, whereas, you know, when I said, Hey, I'm doing this. And then, uh, you know, a lot of people that I had built a relationship with, you know, started to connect with me and, and offer me, uh, you know, uh, jobs, you know, for them to, you know, to do for them. So, um, so I had that aspect of, of referrals, but, I had no idea what I was what I was doing. <laughs> uh, so you know, so referrals, um, you know, so so joining a BNI group just made total sense to me. Um, there's all sorts of other networking groups, you know, to get yourself out there, um, but they have that the, the whole culture of of that organization is built around you know making partnerships with with people in your contact sphere, and so that you can work with like-minded clients. So, you know, if, uh, if you have a tax CPA person and you don't do bookkeep, you know, they don't do bookkeeping and, and you're, you do bookkeeping and you don't do taxes, that's a great partnership to, to get connected with, um, you know, to build, to build a referral program like this, like you're talking about. Yes. And, you know, and, and it's so true, you know, 
we do get a lot of, of referrals from our peers and everything. We're not competing with one another because it's our industry has gotten so complex, especially when you look at all these apps and all these different industries and their specialized needs when it comes to accounting and bookkeeping and things. So if you're specializing in a particular app or a particular industry or something like that, you definitely can exchange referrals with your peers. Um, and so, you know, I know a lot of a lot of times people are like, oh, they're my competitor. Not really. I've gotten, like Dan said, I've gotten a lot of referrals, and I've sent referrals to a lot of my peers. So don't overlook your peers, but also the business people in your community. Like I mentioned, the bankers, the lawyers, the real estate agents. And you can get a lot of referrals from social media as well. For example, you know, on Facebook, uh, a guy that I went to high school with is an attorney in town. And so he and I can exchange referrals. Another guy that I went to high school with is now a pediatrician. He saw that I do QuickBooks and and um, his wife was needing some help doing the payroll for their, their, their business, their practice there. And so social media also, you can get to know, like, and trust people and get referrals off of social media as well. So it's just real important to be cognizant of the referrals and be asking for referrals all the time. You might put in your signature on your email, referrals are always appreciated, you know, click here or something, uh, you know. Um, but just work on this referral process because it is a big chunk of getting new clients for us and you should always be working on that because once you, once you build up your practice, I know it, it's super important when you're just getting started like, like Dan mentioned and everything, but once you build up your practice, it's great to keep getting new referrals because you can focus on the good clients, <laughs> the mm -hmm. A clients. Yeah. You can fire the PETA clients, the ones that you accepted when you were just getting started because you would take any client to pay the bills. But once you build your practice up, you can be more selective and you can focus on clients in your industry or in your your niche where you want to specialize, the types of things that you want to do. Um, so keep working on a referral relationship with your clients That's or with a referral program and a for, and referral sources um, for your business. That's real important. Yeah. I, always used, I always used to say, um, you know, before I even started into it, uh, I sold water treatment uh, in, in homes. <laughs> um, and, and I would tell people, it's like, if you take care of your customers, they're going to take care of you. If you don't take care of your customers, they're also going to take care of you. One yeah. of them <laughs> is more, more desirable than the other. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Okay, another tip for 2020 is, I got to get used to saying 2020, <laughs> standardize and automate your workflows. And this is really important, and it's important to realize it's your business. You make the rules, not the clients. Why, I don't know why some of us, and I used to do this as well until I finally realized this is crazy. Some of us, the client will be like, well, I'm using this software. I'm using that. I'm still using desktop 2002 or something crazy, or I'm using something else, or I'm using Excel. It's your business. You decide how you're going to run your business and what tools you're going to use. You don't go into the dentist and tell them what you know thing to use to clean your teeth. You don't go to a mechanic and say, oh, you're using Craftsman tools instead of Snap-on tools. You don't tell them what tools to use. We need to decide the tools and how we're going to run our business. And if the client does not accept and fit in our 
business model, it's not the right client for us. And that's very important to realize. We define our services, our processes, and the systems to meet the needs of our clients. You decide how the work is going to get done and, and, and how it's going to function. If the client doesn't fit in your mold, it's not the right client for you. And again, I know when you're first starting out, you take any client, but as you build your business, and if you could, um, you know, just don't accept those clients to begin with. Don't let them in, in through the door. So we want to focus on standardizing our process with a standard tool, standard app, standard workflow. This helps with efficiency, a consistent client experience. You know when you go into a Starbucks anywhere across the U.S., when you order, you know, like a Thai tea latte skinny, you're going to get the same thing at every one. You know what to expect there. Um, so, and I love this. Michelle said, I'm going to make that sign and hang it up today. You make the rules. That's right. Thank you. Um, when we standardize, and I can't talk too much about this right now because we got another webinar coming up on it, but um, it is a consistent client experience. It allows us to scale. You can serve way more clients in less time because you're more efficient. You also can capitalize on your firm knowledge, especially if you've got a lot of clients in the same industry. We can streamline the transition of roles and responsibilities if you have staff and, and people working for you. They can step in on any client and work on them because it's, it's a standardized process. And we also then have the ability to automate. And by automating a lot of this, I mean, we know with the bank rules and downloaded transactions and with third-party apps, we can automate the process to where data entry is, is basically a thing of the past. We're now managing the data and monitoring the data and evaluating the data. We're not entering the data like we used to anymore. So all of these are benefits of standardization. And so your clients, when you standardize your firm, they need to fit your process and they need to be coachable and trainable. If they're not, if they say, oh, I can't believe this. I've had people come up to me at some of these training events and they'll say, well, Michelle, my client won't let me hook up the bank feed. I'm like, then why are they your client? I mean, <laughs> seriously. And I'll tell people, you know, like if the client insists on writing manual checks, like they go to Costco and they manually write a check. Well, when that downloads from the bank, all you get is the date, the, uh, the check of the check number, the check date, and the amount. You don't get the payee name. So now you've got to contact the client or look up the image. You've got to try to figure it out. It takes you more time versus doing the downloaded transactions and setting up bank rules. So if the clients insist on writing a paper check and you don't want to fire the client, charge them more. Okay, you can write paper checks, but it's going to be $250 a month more or $300 a month more or whatever um, because it's out of your standard process and it takes more time and, and causes more disruption in your practice. So charge them more. Okay, so we want to focus on the right type of clients that will fit our standardized firm and recognize the value in you. Again, if you've got clients that are always wanting to nickel and dime you and worried about what things cost, they might not be the right client for you. They need to value the knowledge and the partnership that you bring with helping them to help their business succeed. That's where we want to focus on adding value for those clients with additional reports, with meetings to talk about the results and things that they can do to improve and stuff like that. So focus on the right clients. And I would love to talk more about this, but join us for the next Scooby Power Hour. We're going to talk about this, how you can standardize and automate your firm. And we got Receipt Bank. Darian is, um, or I'm sorry, Damien. Oh, my goodness. That's terrible. <laughs> Damien is 
going to be joining us from Receipt Bank, and he is amazing. So you want to join us for that. Um, but th th this is really big, and that's why we're going to do a whole hour on it next time. So and please it's actually join the twenty-first. I think you had the twenty-fourth on the on the screen. Oh, there. it's twenty-first. It's two weeks. Uh, two weeks from today. We're all okay. We're in that month of January, so. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Glad you caught that, though. Yes, join us the next Tuesday. Remember, we're not every other Thursday anymore. We're every other Tuesday, so join us for that. Finally, um, and then I'm going to let Dan talk for a bit, continuous learning. You guys are already doing that because you're joining us here, but get this. So I was presenting, and you know I love talking about the reclassified transactions tool. It's one of my favorites. And when I'm presenting, sometimes I'll ask people, you know, how many of you have been using this? Or how many of you already knew about it? And surprising to me, sometimes there's like a third or a fourth of the people that have never heard about that. And it came out 10 years ago in desktop. And it's been in QBO for over five years, I think. It's been there forever. Um, so keeping up with our industry, because our industry is changing with technology and pricing changes and all this stuff. So continuing to learn either online through webinars or virtual conferences in person at some of the live training events that Intuit does or at some of these conferences, it is well worth your time and money to do some of these things. So I encourage you. The other real benefit of... Um, in-person events is networking, networking with your peers and networking with others or small business owners to where you can help cultivate those referral sources. So there's a few links down here under the resources. Um, you can check that out. But you guys already got this one because you joined us for these QB Power Hours. So I'm great Yay. to have you. Yay. <laughs> All right. Now, let's let Dan talk for a while. Dan, do you want to talk about goals and focus? And before you start off let's go ahead and launch a poll question I know a lot of us set New Year's resolutions did you set goals or resolutions for your business okay did you set some new goals or New Year's resolutions for your business so answer that Dan do you want to share any of your goals personal or business yeah I'm I am horrible at this which is why I'm petrified to talk about this <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, goals and, and resolutions, um, you know, I, we always talk about January, you know, the new year comes up and, and everybody thinks about a resolution and, and nobody ends up, um, you know, keeping keeping up with their resolution, like they want to lose weight or eat healthy or get better finances or what have you. Um, and then by February, you're back to normal. <laughs> um, that's why I, I wanted to talk about this a little bit. Uh, during during the during the power hour uh, because uh, I, I really I've I've come to realize in this last year um, why I am so scatterbrained. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know I I always thought that um, you know I was just a lack of a lack of focus uh, in in my goals, um, but really um, you know I've come to realize that. Um, you know that that, that I, I've got a I've got an issue. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, my my son was diagnosed with ADD, and my dad was diagnosed with ADD. I can't believe that it skips a generation, right? <laughs> um, so I've actually, um, you know, been on a personal journey this last year. You know, to realize um, that. And, and I've, I've started talking with with a friend of mine who's who's been diagnosed with with ADD, and I'm like, wow, this this is an explanation 
not an excuse, you know, it's <laughs> not an excuse for that, but, um, but ADD is one of those, is one of those things that you, um, you know, it's, it's one of those, um, conditions that is, is, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? See, it, there it goes, you know, <laughs> um, it's not that you're distracted. It's that you're hyper-focused. Like I have so many things to look at here that I'm trying to balance uh, just in this webinar, um, as well as maintaining what I'm gonna say, <laughs> that I'm trying to spin all the plates and keep everything up in the air at the same time. Um, but it's it's something that uh, you're, you're, you're hyper-focused, not distracted. So you're trying to keep everything, everything in, a, in a balance. And then when something comes and tips that balance one way or the other, oh, Everything seems to seems to fall on the floor. Um, so when we talk about goals and focus, you know, one of the things that we we fail to do sometimes is is just take a moment and reflect. Um, you know, if you're talking about your business, just run some reports and really look at and, and dissect some of the some of the reports, or, or or maybe it's just meditating. You know, just taking some time and 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 thinking about well, where where have you been you know, up until this point. Um, and then, you know, try to find some focus. You know, what is it that, you know, based on that reflection, what is the direction that, that we need to go, um, you know, so that you can, you know, keep, keep those, you know, personal business relationships, all those things that you're, you're trying to maintain uh, in, in balance. And then, uh, you know, find, something to aim towards. Um, one thing that, that really has kind of um, come, come up to me over the, over the course of the last, last couple of years is, is picking out a, a word uh, to, to focus on. And that, that, that comes to me, you know, from this reflect, focus, and, and aim, uh, aim process um, to, to really kind of think about um, a word and to focus on in, in the coming year. Um, you know, you can set your goals, um, you know, based off of that word. Um, there's a, there's a concept called line of sight, right? So it's, um, uh, you think uh, there's a, a story or anecdote where, um, you know, you ask the janitor at NASA what his job is and his job, his answer should be, well, to get a man into outer space, right? So his, his job is not cleaning up or opening doors or, you know, the, 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 the things that you do. Um, but his, his job is, you know, the overarching, his job is in service to the goal of the, of the, you know, of the organization or, or NASA in this case. Um, but that's where the, the, the line of sight or that focus word can, can come from. I want to go to the, the next slide there, Michelle. There's a great book, you know, by Simon Sinek, Start With Why, uh, a great way to, to, to focus on, you know, your why and, and finding your purpose um, and everything then, you know, is in service to that. You know, how you do that or what you do uh, is all in service to the why, you know, these, uh, you know, big companies that, that either succeed or fail based off of their, they're working on 
you know, they're doing things in service to their why um, are, um, you know, they're, they're out there. I mean, you think of things, you know, companies like Apple, you know, their, their why is well defined, you know, think different, you know, that's their why. So that, that lends itself in service to everything that they do. Tesla, you know, regardless of what you think of the Cybertruck, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they have a well-defined defined why and their everything that they do is in service to that why. So, you know, long-term game of, of their short-term how and what they've done um, is, is all in service to that, to that why. And then thinking about, you know, just that one word. You were going to, you are about to say something. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say, I couldn't agree with you more, Dan. And and it's one of those things where I think a lot of us are, like you said, we're just so busy doing all these things that if we could take, let's say half an hour and go, or 15 minutes, 10 minutes even, just take some time to go sit somewhere and just think about, you know, what is my why? What is my one word? What is it? Because we get so busy just doing our, our work. And, and I like to try to tell people, too, to envision if you had no rules, no nothing holding you back whatsoever, let's say three years from now, what does your job or your business, what, do, what does it look like? Who are you working with? What types of clients are you working with? What are the clients like? What industry are they in? Um, what type of services are you doing? Or are you not doing the work? You're managing and you have a team. Are you working alone? Just think about if I could create my perfect firm, what would it be? And think about the who, what, when, where, and why. Who am I working with, both clients and staff or or um uh, independent contractors, you know, you bring people in for the job. So who are you working with? What type of work are you doing? How are you doing it? Hopefully all automated and standardized, like we're going to talk about next week. Um, but just think about and, and write down your ideal firm, your ideal clients, your ideal situation. And then that's where you can then start focusing on these goals and how am I going to get there? Um, but it, it does help just to think about what do you want? When I first started my practice, I did a, anything and everything because I had to pay the bills, right? Um, yeah, but, and over yeah, the but. years, yeah, over the years, I realized I hated taxes. I finally started focusing on what I like and what I enjoy, and that was QuickBooks. And at the time, people were like, you can't just do QuickBooks. You're going to starve. <laughs> you know, you're not going to make enough money. You're going to starve. I'm like, yeah, look at me now. <laughs> but um, take the time to think about what makes you happy, what type of clients, what type of work, what type of practice, and things like that. Um, because I think that's really important. It, life's too short to be doing things that aren't right for us. So finding out what's your why can help you get there. I, I think it's so important, Dan. So I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah, and 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 one thing that 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 it leads to is is a, a purpose. When you actually have a purpose, any of those obstacles that come up, like QuickBooks being down yesterday, <laughs> um, it it helps you over overcome any any speed bumps. You know, my my daughter has this thing where she's like, she says. I have a fear of speed bumps, but I'm slowly getting over it. <laughs> you know? uh, as a dad, I approve of the dad joke, but, <laughs> but, 
but there are just, they are just obstacles, small obstacles that, uh, that, that just get in the way when you have a higher purpose. Um, and, and that's going to come from that why and that focus word. And my word for this, this year is focus. Um, it, it is just that. I mean, if I can focus on focus, um, you know, that's going to help me with, uh, coming up with, you know, figuring out, um, standardizations and, and practices that will get over the things that I can't do just because, you know, it's, it's some synapse is not, is not functioning properly in my brain. Um, you know, I, I've, uh, I've utilized a, uh, you know, I've just talked to my phone a lot when I remind, you know, to remind me to do something. So it's, it's I just say it and it's captured. And then I have a reminder to remind my, myself to look at the reminders. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so that way, you know, things just don't stop, you know, stop with that and get, get forgotten. And yeah. then of course, you know, as we talk about goals, um, you know, there's, there's smart goals. They just need to be specific. They need to be measurable, um, attainable, relevant, and time-based, you know, those are the characteristics of, of a good, good goal, you know, saying that, you know, I want to conquer the world this year, <laughs> um, as it's time-based, <laughs> but it's not specific, measurable, attainable, or really relevant, <laughs> but, yep. you know, I want to grow my practice 10% in the next month by, you know, doing this, that, you know, and, and, and having very specific, measurable things. Uh, that is is something that is uh, you know allowing you to to create those goals uh, based on that on that focus. Or it might be I want to get you know three new clients in this particular industry every over the next three months or six months or something. Or I want to convert uh, you know, but being specific and measurable as well as time based. Um, I, I think those are all and not attainable. I think is a big one. We don't want to have a a BHAG, a big hairy audacious yeah. <laughs> goal, you might have a BHAG as part of your overall firm or, you know, what you want for your firm. What is your BHAG, B, big hairy audacious goal? I haven't said that in a long time. Um, <laughs> but you want attainable goals for the short term to help you to get there. Um, so I think this is all very relevant and very timely um, for us to sit down and do this here at the beginning of the year. Yeah, absolutely. So, Moving on to our, our next section about content plan. Um, so as we're talking about some of the other things, um, we, wanna, we wanna make a content plan. And, and the way that this is gonna help you is you know, uh, by cultivating reviews or ref getting those referrals, engaging with your existing uh, client base. Uh, either by creating a, a blog or, or email newsletter or just engaging with your folk, your, your Facebook group uh, on your Facebook page, creating uh, YouTube videos. The nice part about this content plan is they all they all feed in in service to each other. So um, it, it's creating a leveraged content that you can then just keep dripping in different areas. So like if you have a, a blog article, you can then create a, a newsletter, you know, monthly newsletter out of that, or, uh, you know, post it on your Facebook. So all of these things kind of lead into each other uh, when you have that, that content plan. But a lot of people like me are scatterbrained. It's like, Oh, I don't know what to talk about. Right. <laughs> um, so uh, 
couple months ago we had we had David on on the on the QB Power Hour, and he talked about a, a great way. He has a great way to to do a brain dump activity. Uh, he has a 52 week outline exercise uh, that you can uh, just takes an hour and it just puts everything out on paper. You know, you don't have because you know, what we do a lot of times is that we we judge it before it even comes out. So then it's oh nobody will learn about that. It it uh, it forces that part of your brain to shut off and just allow you to to brain dump ideas and then now you've got basically 52 topics that you could make a blog content or make a blog article on or um, you know have that repurposed uh, option and I included uh, the video replay of the of that that webinar as well as the podcast if you want to you know listen to it uh, when you're out and about so that is a great it's a great exercise. Don't do this exercise when you're driving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you do need to devote about 45 minutes to get this out uh, out of you. But it's a I mean, uh, when he, he showed it to me, it was just uh, this is this is genius um, because we are our own worst critics of, of what it is that we do. And but you have a lot of value to add to your clients and your existing uh, your existing client base, and then you're going to build that value by that conversation that you're going to be continuing to have with them, either via email or Facebook or on your YouTube channel. Um, and then you've just got a variety of, of ways to to have that content and repurpose it uh, over over time. Very good. And and somebody that that's great. Somebody asked, where do I find this shortcut content? Dan in the, the handouts, Dan put the link in there for the video replay, or you can listen to it on the podcast. So if you click those links, that's going to take you in there where you can um, get more details on that. I think that's great. So what yeah, I'm going to do is I'm going to just add the uh, the .com at the end of shortcut content. So shortcutcontent.com is his website. There you go. That's very good. Okay, so now um, th that was great too. Great, great, great information, Dan. So now I'm going to ask you all. I, I launched the last poll question. Did you learn something new? Type in the questions box. What one thing from today's tips are you most excited about that you need to work on, or you're going to do, or you're going to implement? What's the number one thing from you, from, from what we just talked about, that for your firm that you're going to work on or implement? Are you going to increase your prices? Um, focus. Okay, so somebody said raise my prices. Kelly said focus. Shortcut content. Great. What else? What else do you all think? Standardizing workflow. Great, Karen. I hope you'll join us next time for that um, where we're going to go more in depth on that. Seeing the rates for price increases and the sign, focus, asking for reviews, building up referrals. Wonderful. So hopefully you all got something out of this. I would encourage you to sit down and put to-dos or put reminders for yourself right now if you can't work on these already. Uh, Stephanie's going to work on a referral program. Uh, Haley's focus and review. Uh, getting referrals and reviews on my ProAdvisor account. Um, somebody... Dan, Evelyn appreciated your testimony about starting. Um, wonderful. Renew commitment to take advantage of the free QuickBooks training. Wonderful. All right. Well, that's great. Uh, Dan, it looks like we had a, a good, 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 good content for everybody out there. Um, and we 91% yeah. of the people learned something new. So 
Awesome. And hopefully we motivated you all because <laughs> <laughs> we want to help you be more successful in 2020. And that's always our goal is to help you learn something new that's going to help you in your practice. So, again, our next power hour is on the 21st, automating your workflows with Receipt Bank. And then February 4th, we've got What's New and QuickBooks Online Accountant with Intuit. That's some of that continuous learning for you uh, to keep up with what's new. And remember, next week there is a VCon, a virtual conference, a two-day VCon. You can go register for that for free at qbtrainingevents.com. And I hope to see you there in the networking lounge and chatting and things like that as well. So any last words, Dan? No, this is this was great. It's was, it was funny that we were like, are we going to have enough to talk about? And <laughs> we certainly <laughs> feel now over time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so thank you all for staying a few minutes over. We'll continue the discussion with you all in the QB Power Hour Facebook group. So if you want to continue sharing and talking out there, that would be great. Otherwise, thank you all for coming. Um, and uh, we appreciate you all being here and joining us for today. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. thanks Dan. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.